0: Welcome back to J.B. Squared. I'm J.B. Hager, joined by Johan Bernil, and we're going to take a look at, at a very exciting stage six of the Tour de France, a look ahead to the sprint stage tomorrow, stage seven, and how quickly the tables turn on <laughs> what the pu- general public thinks is happening in the Tour de France. We'll elaborate on that more. Uh, but first, we're going to check in with a couple of our partners and some special offers for you. Today's show is brought to you by HVMN, they're the makers of ketone IQ. And of course you've been hearing Lance and George talk about it for some time, all the physical benefits they get. And uh, I've been, I was just talking to a friend of mine about it uh, this morning, he was asking me about ketones IQ. And I said, you know, honestly, honestly, and I've been taking them for a few months now, daily, a shot daily. And I feel more mental clarity than I have in a long, long time. It definitely helps that. And even while we're out here um, doing four shows a day, you know, usually when I get done at like 3 p.m., all I want to do is bonk and crash in years past. I think the ketone IQ has a lot to do with it. That's sustainable energy. And I'm just ready to go and get on the bike and uh get outside after that as opposed to bonking so a little testament there there's a reason that most of the peloton is using ketones iq uh, and you should give it a try just do a subscription so you can give it a routine give it a legitimate try over a two three month period would be my recommendation and i'm pretty confident you're going to see some improvement all right both physically and mentally you can save 30 percent on your first subscription order of ketone iq at hvmn.com slash the move again visit hvmn.com the move and subscribe upon checkout for 30 percent. today's show is also brought to you by ventum as an owner of the ns1 and the gs1 i can tell you it's been a great experience on both bikes both my road bike and my gravel bike and what's pr- pretty unique about uh ventum is all the specs and details they let you pick out when you're building out your bike i mean i really enjoyed the experience and i did several build outs and then i would ask friends what do you think of this what do you think of that and the people at ventum were super helpful making sure i got the right size the right specs and all of that but also the thing i think that's pretty unique and cool about it is usually with a lot of bike brands you know you if your budget is $3,000, well, you get a frame that's like this. If it's $5,000, you get a frame that's like that. If it's a ten dollars to $15,000, well, then you're going into their top of the line frame. With Ventum, the NS1, GS1 frames are the same, whether it's a $3,000 build out with your components or $15,000 uh, if you do wheel upgrades and all that stuff. So the frame is the frame and it's great. It's top of the line. And as I mentioned, you can start getting into a GS1 at $29.99. So right at $3,000, you could be rolling on your brand new GS1. So go check it out at VentumRacing.com slash the move. If you put in that uh, full URL, it'll give you 10% off on your order, which really adds up when you're buying a new bike. Again, VentumRacing.com slash the move for 10% off. All right, Johan, let's start out with this, because it's something you pointed out to me, and and I think everyone witnessed it, is yesterday we felt like it's Jonas Vingegaard's tour to win. It's over. He would put a minute up and uh, there was not much we can do about it. This isn't going to be very exciting. He's going to hold on to that and parade into Paris. Today... (laughs) Pogachar flipped the script as they say and and kind of it's like a payback it was almost like the same thing in reverse uh and so now everyone's going wait a minute this might be Mm. one of the best head-to-head tour de Frances in history
1: yeah definitely i mean it's yesterday, it was a big disappointment for Pogacar, of course, and especially the super performance of, of Jonas Vingegor was, I mean, was, was incredible, uh, if, especially if you look at the numbers and his performance on on the last climb. Uh, that was crazy. Um, but it was also clear that Pogacar was not his usual self. You know, you could see clearly that he was not able to, Drop Sepp Kuss, who was the guy who did the last uh, work for 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 Vingegaard, and then got caught by all the other riders. So today, different different uh, game. Um, Pogacar turned it around, and uh, he uh, he was definitely a lot better than uh, than yesterday. And Wingegard was. I mean, I don't know if he was that much less than yesterday. I mean, the numbers. If you look at the numbers. Depth of their performance on the Tour de malais, one would say it's very similar. you know yesterday, uh, Winngegard performed six six watts, six point nine watts per kilo over twenty one minutes uh, on the um, on the Marie Blanc. today, both Winngegard and Pogacar performed six point eight watts per kilo over the last fifteen minutes on on the Tour de malais, but with the difference that uh, it's at 2,000 meters, and the, the the Marie Blanc is only 1,000 meters. So it looks like Wingenard was more or less at the same level, but Bogachev was a lot better than than yesterday. So I think that kind of puts the clocks back, not, not to zero, because um, Jonas Wingenard has now the yellow jersey, and he has uh, a, what a thirty a twenty five second lead. Over Pogacar in GC, but you know what? Twenty-five seconds is is that's nothing. Uh, I think, especially with this return of Pogacar, uh, not so much the the, diff, the time the time difference, but the mental the mental comeback uh, for him and the mental, you know, disappointment of of Jonas Vingegaard and Jumbo Visma uh, is. I mean, it's great for us. You know, we. <laughs> we yesterday we were thinking okay is this going to be boring is this going to be uh you know just looking at jonas ringer attacking in all the mountains uh well you know based on what we saw today it's definitely not going to be the case
0: and and now it feels like the 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 team dynamics come more into play trying to keep these guys protected and conserve energy and yet we we see jumbo doing uh, expending all kinds of energy of course as you said, on the move, you know, they were trying to put the nail in the coffin today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Made- well, we, you know, every, every day there's something to be that we can criticize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, for example, he said UAE tactics were not great. Uh, today, I think personally that the 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 Jumbo Viz- Jumbo Visma tactics were were you know what they were to be expected uh, after getting this super morale boost yesterday saying, okay, Pogacar not at his level because let's not forget these guys know exactly what they perform. And then if Pogacar couldn't follow yesterday, they say, okay, you know, he's, he's only at 6.6 Watts per kilo, for, for example. Right. Uh, so going off that, uh, I can understand what Jumbo Visma wanted to do today. Um, we had, they had Walt Van Aert in the breakaway from kilometer zero, first attacker. So that was clear that w- that, that was going to be the guy who needed to stay up front uh, in case Jonas Vingegaard was able to distance Pogacar on the Tourmalet, on the second last climb. Um, and then we saw that, uh, you know, on the Tourmalet, Jimbo um, Visma started to accelerate. And especially from La Mongie, the little ski station with, with four kilometers to go to the top, to the top. There, they increased the tempo, and, uh, and finally, with two kilometers to go, Vingegaard attacked. Um, Pogacar reacted, you know, to the contrary of yesterday, We he had really no answer at all. Today, he was like, he was there in a heartbeat, didn't even blink. Um, so there, I think, uh, there you have to make the decision, okay, our plan is not going to work, guys. You know, this this guy's better than in yesterday. And I don't know if that's then a decision of Jonas Vingegaard or it's a decision from the car. Fact is that as soon as Vingegaard put in that attack on the Tourmalet and Pogacar followed him, uh, I mean, it's not just, you know, looking behind. but And although there are a lot of people, but you can still feel if a guy's comfortable or not. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. can you look behind a little bit, you can see the facial expression. Sometimes you can even hear the breathing. Uh, even with so many people, so um, I think there the mistake was made. You know, those last two kilometers on the on the Tourmalet was uh, the mistake of the day, I would say, from from uh, from Vingegaard. Uh, uh, now, if 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 Vingegaard got the instructions from the car uh and they kept pushing him uh, you know you have him on the ropes you have him on the ropes that's possible I think that's probably the case Then mm. the guy's gonna keep going right uh if you look at the time on the last four kilometers of the Tourmalet uh they it was 6.8 watts per kilo you know of, of VAM which is I mean we talked about it in the move it's a way of measuring the speed on any climb uh 1936 meters of VAM, that's super, super fast, especially at altitude. Um, So he was going super fast. Uh, For sure, Pogacar was also not uh, just, you know, sitting there easily, but not the same guy as yesterday. And I wrote down here, you know, I said, I write down, Vingegaard makes the same mistake on the Tourmalet as the mistake Pogacar made last year on the Galibier in that stage, where finally uh Jonas goes away on the call de Granon and and loses. I think close to three minutes. The differences were not the same, but it's the same mistake. Uh he had um he, he should have known. He should have known that Pogacar was was a different guy and was not gonna be easy to 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 drop. Um and then of course, you know, at the end, if you look uh how how uh, that's something I didn't expect, honestly. You know, I mean that that's something where these guys keep surprising me. If you see that attack of Tade Pogacar uh on the last climb, uh that's not the same guy as yesterday. That was the Pogachar we know. And, and you know, that difference in speed, that acceleration uh when he when he goes with about 2k to go, I think, um two two and a half kilometers to go on on Cotere on the last climb. Uh that's that's a completely different guy. That was really impressive. <laughs> I would have expected personally that Pogacar would have followed uh, Jonas and, and beat him in the sprint. In my opinion, that was that would have been a mental, a moral victory if mm-hmm. he stayed with him and and he won won the stage. Now he did a lot more than that. Uh, so I mean these guys keep surprising me. It's crazy, crazy, crazy.
0: Yeah, that was an impressive attack. You'd think at the pace that they were at, there wouldn't be you don't have that other gear. Like that was a massive acceleration.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, then then you compare to yesterday, for example, when when Jonas Vingegaard attacked on the Marie Blanc, Pogacar looked down to his gears, to his power meter, and he just stayed there. You know, he had no no answer. And uh, and today was wow, I mean, that was the Pogacar that we we know from the past. And you've said, and we've talked
0: about it on the show, that that Pugachar could get stronger as this tour continues, and it been maybe a bit of an advantage uh, as we progress because he hadn't not been racing as much leading up to it because of his injury. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I, that's uh, all I kept thinking about after seeing this today. I'm like,
1: oh, it, we don't he, know. We we don't know if that's going to be the case, JB. Um, one thing is for sure. I I did just listened to an interview of Matteo Trentin, one of his teammates. And he clearly said, you know, he said, obviously we were disappointed yesterday after the stage, but the disappointment was not huge. Uh, We also were talking in the bus, you know, like they do a debriefing and it was basically his first big, huge effort after his crash in the s yesterday. Uh, Now, you know, logic would say that that doesn't really change the day after, right? So that's why I keep admiring these guys. I mean, you know, we can think and we can criticize and we have to acknowledge and be grateful that we are witnessing these huge, incredible champions. You know, the talent of these guys is just unbelievable. You know, you have a Jonas Wiengegaard, you have a Pogacar, you have a Van Aert, you have a Van Der Poel, you have an Evenepoel, uh, Primoz Roglic. I think those six kind of stick out uh, then you have Pitcock and, 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 you know, I mean, don't want to leave anybody out. But it's, it's unbelievable how talented these guys are. This is a great era.
0: This is an incredible era. we'll always look back on this fondly, I think. I'm kind of curious about something you, you alluded to a, just a minute ago. You were like, I don't know if Jonas decided that or heard it from the car. Comparing the, these two riders, Pogachar and Vingegaard, I, I kind of feel like uh, Pogachar races from the gut and instinct. And Vingegaard seems more like he takes directives from the car. Yeah,
1: no doubt about that. No yeah. doubt about that. You know, we we spoke with Mauro Gianetti uh, when we were on our tour de Flanders trip with George. We, we we ran into him at the start, and we asked him, you know, about I said, you know, because he was obviously the huge favorite. It was before the race, and I told him, I said, "Man, is it not too much? Is it not too, you know, too much racing at this level?" and he said, Man, it's he, this guy. As soon as he has numbers on his back, he wants to win. Mm-hmm. There's not much we can do. Says, so You know, I mean, it's great to see, but he just wants to race and he wants to win. And he wanted, you know, the Tour of Flanders was his big goal of the season. And, you know, finally he, he won it. Uh, let's not forget, you know, that this guy beat Walt Van Aert. Not, he didn't beat them, he, he, he laughed in their faces, he dropped them <laughs> on their terrain, on the cobbles. Um. So you know that's there's only very few people who can do something like Pogacar does today, like turn around the situation where yesterday everybody was, "Ah, oh, you know, okay, kind of lo- it's kind of logical, you know he was injured, he came back, he doesn't have the, the top speed uh he's not on one hundred percent form well today that's that's changed, so I'm looking forward to the next battle, which will be on Sunday on Puy de Dome. <sighs>
0: I know you wanted to talk a little bit more about Jumbo's strategy and what they were doing with Wout van Aert. And then yeah. after that, I would love your thoughts on what Jumbo should be doing now, especially in yeah. yellow, now that they're in yellow. Uh, but let's start with Wout van Aert.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Wout van Aert attacking from kilometer zero, everybody in the peloton knew already then what they could expect on the Tour Malais. Even Pogacar in his post-race interview said, you know, And there you see, you know, how uncertain everything is until they actually do it. You know, Pogacar must have felt he had a lot better legs than yesterday. But still, he said clearly when he saw Jumbo Wisma coming to the front on the Tourmalet, um, he was expecting it. But then once it happened, he said, oh, no, I hope we don't have the same situation as yesterday that Jonas goes and I can't follow so until Jonas didn't attack, he didn't even know, you know, if he was able to follow. But going back to the strategy, so it was clear they wanted to have Van Aert in the front. <clears throat> they wanted to try to test Pogacar on the steep slopes of the Tourmalet, create the same situation as yesterday, and then have Van Aert uh, get to the top of the Tourmalet, drive Pogacar to the bottom of the last climb, and then basically finish Finish off your main rival, knowing that he's not in top shape. Uh, that was the idea behind it, um, and I think I think the, the strategy of Jumbo-Visma was kind of okay. Um, I repeat, you know, Wingeard's action after having made that attempt was 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 a little less, but that was clearly the plan. You know, you could clearly see at a certain moment, you know, and people who were watching the race and. And you know, uh may may have thought, okay, you know, you have you have a breakaway, you have Walt von Art driving the driving the breakaway, setting the pace. Uh, and then all of a sudden on the Tour Malais, you have Jumbo Visma starting to set the pace. And so at the moment, Jumbo Visma started to set the pace, Walt von Art also member of Jumbo Visma, accelerated in the in the breakaway. Um, so you know, you could say, wow, you know, why, why do they do that? You know, why, why would Van Aert now start to go faster if his teammates start to pull in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was clear that they were calculating that Van Aert needed a certain buffer on the top of the Tourmalet because they knew that in the last four kilometers, Nimo was going to increase the speed and then ultimately Vingegaard was going to attack and that difference, that that advantage that Van Aert had, would melt as you know, as ice and under the sun uh, on the last in the last kilometer. So that was really well planned. Uh, Van Aert came to the top of the climb, I think, with 35 seconds or something, 40 seconds uh, on Vingegaard. So ideal, you know, he could then you know the first one kilometer of the downhill. Van Aert could you know just take it easy, drink, eat a little bit because he knew that from then on. He would have to drive Jonas Vingegaard, ideally by himself, right, to the to the bottom of the last climb. Now, the problem they had was that their strategy worked, except that Pogacar was with their main guy. So they were basically stuck with their own strategy because then Van Aert had to pull with Vingegaard, but actually also bringing Pogacar without any uh, efforts to the last climb. and. And then finally, uh, we saw what happened. How, must,
0: how nice it must be to have a rider like Van Art that, uh, go up there, come back here, go up there. Crazy. Come
1: back here. Crazy. It's like, it's, it's like you're, you're with a remote control. Okay, well, now go. Uh, okay, well, uh, it's fine. You know, uh, nothing happens in the back here. You, we have another button here. Now you can go for the stage. Win. Right. Uh, uh, by the way, no, no, no. They're attacking here in the back now. So slow down and wait and and then when, when 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 Jonas comes, then go fast again until the bottom of the last <laughs> climb. I mean, it's I mean, this guy is just <clears throat> you know, so much, so much for all the speculations, you know, of the bad atmosphere. you know, there's been all this you know criticism, um, me including uh, on stage two, where we said that Jonas would have made a mistake. I think that's still the case, but they definitely talked about it. and today we saw a Walt von Art. 100% at the surface of the team and at the surface of his leader. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, incredible.
0: Yeah, he is incredible. What do you think about Jumbo going forward? Of course, the, uh, Jonas moved into yellow today. That puts more pressure on a team. And then I think you can elaborate on how much they have done already. Through yeah. stage through six stages, it's mm-hmm. I mean the fatigue has got to be brutal.
1: Yeah, I mean you know, independently of how much work they have done already, you know, now they have the leader's jersey. So, if I would be Jumbo Visma, I would still be very, very, you know, precautious. Try to save, save energy, even if there is at some moment a possibility to to give the jersey to someone else. I would definitely do that. Mm. Uh, it's only stage six. Tomorrow it's not gonna happen because it's gonna be a bunch print, but maybe in the next stages, you know. Um, and um yeah, I mean, now the roles have inversed, right? So now are sitting there in 25 seconds. In theory, he's now on the up, I would say. Wingergaard stays in his position, but now he's in yellow. Uh and and Bogacar and UAE can now basically say, okay, you know, we don't do nothing. We just stay where we are. We ride on, we ride on your wheel. Um, you know, I mean, Jimbo Visma is a very strong team and this team that they brought to the tour is incredibly strong. So I'm not really worried for them to, to have to work uh, tomorrow. They don't have to work that much at all and then uh i still need to look at the stage for saturday but uh it's you know i i don't i don't know they they will have to make sure that they're not too uh ambitious and not too um naive I don't think they are but um you know from from day six to control then the next two weeks in in a grand tour with one team that's that's a big task a huge task Um, but they can do it. I mean, they they uh they definitely have the horsepower to do it, knowing that you know there's only one guy they have to really be worried about, which is it's it's Pulachar, you know. Anything else is basically okay for them.
0: Why don't you share with us some of the calculations you've done on on all the efforts they've had to put in climbing in just six days? And keep in mind two of those are sprint stages.
1: Yeah. So six days of racing. Uh, two, including two stages, which were a sprint stage, which were relatively easy. So uh, 2,000 meters uh, of elevation or below uh, on average over that, over that stage. And they've now done 18,000 meters of climbing, uh, which brings me to an average of 3,000 meters, which is roughly 10,000 feet on average per day. Okay. Uh, and this includes two easy stages. So uh just in case tomorrow there's people complaining that riders are taking it easy or that, you know, because everybody knows it's a bunch print tomorrow. So the question is, are we going to see attacks? I mean, if I'm in the Tour de France, I mean, if I'm a rider, I don't want to go in the attack tomorrow. I want to. Because it's going to get pulled back because there's there's the sprinters teams <coughs> yeah.
0: have a goal. Especially yeah, so... with Cavendish and Alpeson. We'll, we'll get into Cavish and Kevin.
1: I think, I think independently whether there's a breakaway or not, you know, if there's a breakaway, it's going to be a small breakaway and it's going to be boring anyway. Uh, it's going to, we, we all know how the stage is going to finish. It's going mm-hmm. to be a bunch print. So I personally think whether there's two or three riders in the front or none doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, um, it's not, I mean, it's not the fault of the rider. I mean, if nobody of those, I mean, normally then when you have, teams that go in breakaways, it is, the, it are the teams, it would be, an, you know, X or Arkea or Total Direct Energies or uh, these teams that have been invited to the tour. Uh, but, you know, as a cyclist, it's not fun to be out there tomorrow uh, <laughs> on a flat stage with whatever it's going to be, three, four minutes all day and knowing that you're going to be caught, you know, it's not, you're on TV. Yeah. You're on TV. Uh,
0: and there are some writers and teams who, who need that, you know, they,
1: yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I don't think, that, don't think it's so much for the writers. I mean, sponsors, you know, yeah, they, they yeah. can. Uh, although I also think that the level of the sponsorship is, is, is high in terms of, you know, their product and what they expect that it's not going to change that much. If you have a, one writer of your team riding there for, for two hours uh, on TV, um, or maybe it does. I mean, I, I don't really know what that means in terms of marketing value, but tomorrow we can expect, first of all, a tired Peloton going off what we just, we just saw here, you know, 3,000 altitude meters, 10,000 meters, 10,000 feet every day um, and a sprint stage. So we won't see too much action until the last few kilometers tomorrow.
0: And it's a good opportunity for Mark Cavendish. You know, everyone's keeping an eye on this record of Tour de France wins. But man, I, as I've seen this Alpecin duo with Vanderpool and Philipsen, that's like, that's, that's a tough thing
1: to go up against. Yeah.
0: And, but Cavendish is good at finding his way. Uh, yeah. What can we expect?
1: I mean, you know, it, it, is, it is an ideal opportunity. Uh, the competition is really, really tough. Uh, you have Philipsen with, you know, the best one of the best riders in the world leading him out, Mathieu van der Poel. Uh, you have Caleb Ewen, who's you know was close a few times. Uh, there's other sprinters, uh, you know, Jakobsen. I, I think Jakobsen has been really hurt, and uh, from that crash and has been suffering a lot the last two days. So maybe he's not the real contender, but uh, there's an opportunity. Listen, I mean, and, and this also shows, you know, how. Incredible of a rider, Mark Cavendish has been over more than the last decade because he, he won uh, a sprint in Bordeaux thirteen years ago in two thousand ten, and that was uh, that was already his fir- uh, his uh, his fourth to the France stage win. Yeah, uh, the so, guys so the guy,
0: the guys he's sprinting against were just little kids probably watching the tour for the first time with their parents when when he was yeah. winning.
1: Yeah, That's I mean it's crazy. Philipson was uh, I mean 13 years ago Philipson was what? He was he was 10 years old, 11 years old. So, <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh, yeah, I mean tomorrow's an interesting stage for him. Um listen, whenever there's a sprint uh, uh, and you know you can see that he's uh, obviously he has the level. Um, there's a possibility tomorrow but you know, I'll repeat, be I'll be curious yeah, to repeat, see. He, he will he will not he will not like this. Uh-oh. But the, the 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 best ending would be that he doesn't win a stage until the Champs-Élysées. That know. would be amazing. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I thought about that more because you said that before. That's that's the Hollywood ending, right? That's the perfect story. What do, and then retire?
1: Like, oh yeah, my but gosh. That's, you know, since, since there's no absolutely zero guarantees that's going to happen, he needs to go. After every right. single opportunity, he of gets. course. But I could also see this too. Is is anybody
0: who's been watching the tour for a long time? It's it, you know the GC is decided before going into Paris, and teams are mostly. It's most of a celebration for everybody just to get through it and make it to Paris. I could see some friends and allies leading
1: him out in Paris from other teams. In Paris, that would potentially be a possibility. Now, not now not in this right. stage. But, uh, but in, in Paris, I mean, listen, we saw, we saw, we saw the, the incredible gesture that Geraint Thomas did in, mm-hmm. in Rome. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah, let's see, let's see. I mean, it would be incredible for him to, to win tomorrow and that would be like, wow, crazy.
0: Okay. We will see tomorrow. And yeah, it's, uh, I think the coverage, the TV coverage starts a little late. It'll be, you know. I don't think you're going to miss much right no. no right so uh we'll jump into that tomorrow let's do some other things here we do have an opportunity for you to win a ventum ns1 their cool road bike by doing this trivia all right so yesterday's answer question was what was vince vaughn drinking in lance armstrong's cameo in the movie dodgeball that answer was scotch on the rocks today's question And again, I'll give you the email so you can uh, enter to win the bike. What famous sports announcer was in Lance Armstrong's This Is Sports Center commercial? What what famous sports announcer was in Lance Armstrong's This Is Sports Center commercial? Find the answer, Google it, do whatever you need to do, and send the answer into trivia at VentumRacing.com with the in from the correct correct answers they're going to draw a person every day they'll go into the drawing on the final day to win that ns1 all right and now i'm uh i'll have you elaborate on this because uh you you've done it firsthand but there is an opportunity for our listeners friends and family of we do uh to go to Majorca. which the more i hear about (laughs) majorca from you guys it's definitely going to be a bucket list place for me to go but it's in late september the 24th through the the 29th and you can join a we do cycling camp and dinners and camaraderie and obviously an incredible hotel and place to ride your bike so i'll have you elaborate on what this is going to be like johan
1: yeah it's the third year in a row we do this event um there's a few. I mean, it's very limited, very, very limited uh, amount of people. But there's a few places available still. Um, I mean, I. It's one of the best weeks I had in 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 my life. Uh, two times, you know, so much fun. Um, Lance and George are riding every day uh, with the guests. Um, it's not very difficult. It's. I mean, it's somehow. I mean, it's not super easy, but you know, you you have to be. Uh, a, a cyclist you don't have to be a super super good cyclist um but you know the scenery is amazing but especially what we have created there this this group um very limited you know i think between it probably between guests and staff were i think we're probably about 20 25 people maximum i like that uh, and it, i, I and like it's a really it's really tight 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 uh you know group um 4 days of riding incredible incredible place we stay in at la residencia uh one of one of the best places i have ever stayed and uh and also for me sp- specifically what i've witnessed the last 2 years and this is going to happen again this year is this reunion between Lance Armstrong and Jan Ulrich uh Jan is is has become one of our uh loyal uh guests for for uh, this camp and you know the not just on the bike but also off the bike uh it's you know it's 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 24 7 uh and it's not just riding and then everybody disappears it, this is really you know an immerse you're you're immersed within the team the we do team right um and um that's that was so special for me to be part of and and now I'm, i can't wait to to See that again, Jan. Uh, Jan has, has been training uh, quite a bit too. Uh, he's he's fit, uh, so you know it's it's kind of nice to at least one day. You know the 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 rivalry between George and Lance is, as we all know from the move, that's there, and you know one or the other always, depending on which day, wants to <laughs> kick the other's ass. That's just, right. that, right. that right. that's still there. You can you can witness that, and you can be part of it. Uh, from 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 very close by, but you know that that kind of rivalry which has turned into an incredible friendship between Lance and George, uh, Lance and Jan, uh, and then you know seeing them on the bike and not that I'm not saying that they want to race each other, but mm-hmm. the one doesn't want to look bad and the other one doesn't want to look bad against each other, right? So I've seen this now and the little nerve nervousness <laughs> that there is uh it's it's very very special very special so um so yeah i mean i think you have the information ojb about uh, where they can find yeah yeah uh, if, on the website
0: if you go to we do.team w e d u we do.team and on the top menu bar you'll see one for travel and you could probably check that periodically as we're as we're working on more of these types of events uh going yes. forward so yeah what an i mean just what an event of a lifetime and i and i I'll, I'll elaborate on what you said. It's been incredible to watch Jan Ulrich's recovery, and you know, and he's definitely got that forward never straight attitude. I just finished that. Uh, yeah, I've, last month I finished that uh, Daniel Freba Freby. How do you say his name? His Daniel book Fribe about book, yeah, yeah book nice about book. Jan Ulrich, and it, it's as you know, from being a fan during your postal era, we all became fans of Jan Ulrich too, right? Um, that's an incredible read and you just really learn what that man has been through. Uh, it's, it's an incredible story. So uh, I love seeing it. So I love following yeah. Jan on socials. I do see that he, he looks great. He looks healthy yeah. and uh, he's on the right path. And I, I think it's well, he's
1: going to be with us uh, that, that week in Mallorca. And so uh, as I said, you know, I mean, I've, I've known these guys for a very long time. It's very, very special to me to see them back together. So I can only imagine what it means for, I mean, it's, it's unique. It's, it's, it, it is unique. It's there's, uh, there's no other words for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then all the time I've known Lance, I I feel like he has three people that he sees as brothers, you know, <laughs> you, you George and Jan like are brothers <laughs> for the man. Well all, so.
1: we'll all be there. We'll all be there.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Um, you know what, I'm going to hang on to questions for a future show or run along. I know you're doing four shows today. That's quite a workload because you came on the move. Uh, if people didn't see or hear that, go listen to that. That was some really good stuff too. And you've also got to move on to outcomes. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to hear how you guys break down this sprint for tomorrow because you know it very well as does and, spencer and um and then you've got to do Lama vita today so i'm going to cut you loose thank you johan if anybody wants to write in you can send it to jb2 jb squared at wedo.team and we'll talk tomorrow johan
1: okay jb thanks